You know, a, a while back, I've made this statement several times. And really about two years ago, the Lord really began to deal with me. And uh, the Lord is wanting to do something in His church. That's like a no-brainer. That's like the greatest understatement that anybody can make. Why don't you all just be seated? And, and I've made the statement on occasion that church as we've come to know it is, is going to, it's, church as we come to know it is, is passing away. And I say that because church as we have come to know it is what man has turned it into. And see, the church isn't the creation of man. The church is what God created and what God birthed. And the work that God wants to do is a work of transformation in our hearts. And, and something that was just said is so true. See, it, it's not that we just come to the altar for ourselves. We've turned church into being all about me. If it doesn't entertain me, if it doesn't speak to me, if it doesn't do just to suit me, then as Christians, you know what we do? We'll just, we'll just go find another place to hang out. And I'll just keep looking around until I find a place that, that suits me, that, that basically strokes my flesh and makes me feel good. Because after all, it's all about me. How we came to that place, I'm not sure. Other than it's just that that is the sin nature. That's the old man. That's, that's just the flesh that has not been crucified. Do you realize that in the Garden of Eden, in the very beginning, that's exactly the lie that the enemy told Eve? Really what the enemy said, Eve, you know, God thinks it's all about him, but it's really not. He just doesn't want you to eat that fruit because then he knows that then you're going to get something he doesn't want you to have. Eve, really, it, it is about you, Eve. Go ahead and partake. Go ahead and partake, Eve. Experience what it is you want to experience. Go ahead and go after what it is that seems to be appealing to you. And Eve, Eve heard that lie, and she looked at that tree, and the scripture says that Eve said to herself, well, it is, it is pleasing to the eye. It does look like it would make one wise. And it looks like it really would taste good. And everything Eve used to reason within herself to go ahead and justify eating that fruit, do you know what it was all about? It was all about her. It was all about what that act would do for me. See, a while ago when I said God only sees us in one of two ways, either in life or in death. Isn't this just like God? How many of you guys came just, it's Mother's Day. We're going to have a nice, nice Mother's Day message. Isn't it just like God to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. The question is, are you, are you going to let me? Are we too afraid of God 
and we're going to stick to our agendas. And I'm, I'll just be honest with you. I have, a, I have a word that I think is very important for the body of Christ. I don't do theme preachings. But, but God's word, what God wants to do is, is more important than what I want to do. God's word that he wants you to hear right now is more important than even the word that I think you should hear or that I want you to hear. Because I, I can't transform you or anybody else but God. But God can. And I keep asking myself this question. When is the church going to become so hungry for the Lord Jesus Christ? When is she going to become so thirsty for the Lord Jesus Christ that, that there is nothing else that will satisfy her? I mean, haven't we tried everything else? Haven't we gone to the world and, and partaken of everything else we could possibly partake of? I mean, even to the point that the church has just gone ahead and used the same tactics as the world to try to draw people in. You know, somebody finally convinced me to get a, a, a Facebook thing. And, and I was just sitting, I'm not, I'm not really into that stuff, but so many people were sending me, I want to be your friend on Facebook. I, went, I, I, I kept deleting these, I'm like, what is this, you know? If I deleted you and you got some, I don't know, if, you, if you're wondering, if, if, if you're thinking I don't want to be your friend, please don't think that. <laughs> I got so many of these Facebook things and finally I'm like, man, what is the deal here? And I told my kids, I said, I said, did I ever, didn't I try to do one of those Facebook things one time? And they're like, oh, dad, I don't know, you know. And, and uh, so I finally set a page up. And I wrote something, uh, the only comment I think I've shared, I, I wrote something there, and, and I just was sitting there the other day, and God just, in a moment, He just spoke to me. And this, just this thought went off on the inside of me. If you give people anything other than Jesus, they're going to always want, they're always going to desire something more. But if you give people Jesus, you've given them the greatest thing. And, and there is nothing more that you can give them. And the church has become very good at giving people what, the, what she thinks they want. We'll give them good music. We'll give them nice buildings. We'll give them nice lighting. We'll give them slick video announcements. And we'll give them excellent speakers and excellent this and excellent that and we'll have lattes and mochas and all that I mean we got you know we, we've got coffee and bagels I, that's fine I don't have a problem with that I really don't but see when when that becomes the reason that we're going to church when it becomes the, the, the thing that feeds my flesh makes me feel good I leave deceived thinking that because I came to a building called a church, I'm okay. I gave God my time. I, I, I even shed a tear during worship. It was very spiritual. Really? Maybe it was just emotional. There might not have been anything spiritual about it. Maybe it was just pure emotion. And maybe we confuse emotion 
with spirituality. I'm not against emotion. You know, one thing I appreciated about George Bush, George W. Bush, that man would cry at the drop of a hat. And he wasn't ashamed of his emotion. Here, the President of the United States, he weeped daily. Here we are, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's nothing wrong with emotion. Don't confuse your emotion. Don't think that because you are emotional or because you're not emotional. I'm saying, what is happening? Are you having an emotional experience with God? Do you come to the church house to have an emotional experience? And because you have an emotional experience, you think you're okay? But when God, when God touches you, yes, there will be emotion, I believe. There will be a release of more than just emotion, though. There will be a release of those things that have held you captive. When God touches you in the way that He desires to touch you, when He opens your eyes and He is revealed to you in the way that He wants to be revealed to you, I'm telling you what, you won't be satisfied with anything or anyone else. And it will stop being about how good I feel, how entertained I might be, how whatever I want to feel when I come to the church house. Because you'll come to realize that church isn't about this place right here. It's not about these guys up here. It's not about me preaching or teaching to you. The church is about you and Jesus Christ. The church is about who you are. Because the church isn't a place. It's, it's a people. And are you of that people? Are you of that assembly of the called out ones? Are you? And we have to come to a point in our life where we're willing to let everything go. That's really the bottom line. I can give you all kinds of feel-good messages week after week after week, and I can deceive you into thinking that you're okay because you feel good. But the question is, have you come to the place in your life where you are willing to lose everything for the sake of Christ? Are you willing to lay down your agenda? See, I had an agenda coming in here today. I got a message I worked hard on. God says, are you willing to lay down your agenda? Is your, God says, are you telling me your agenda is more important than my agenda? And the Lord is asking each one of us today. See, you wake up with an agenda every day. You might not have that conscious thought, but you do. You wake up every day with an agenda. And the question is, 
Are you going to let your agendas rule your life? Or are you willing to lose it all for the sake of His? Are you willing to let go of your agendas? Are you willing to let go of your offenses? Do you know how many people sitting in this place today are offended? And you will not let go of your offense? You, I'm going to tell you what. Barring a divine intervention by God, there are people here who will carry their offense to the grave with them. Is it really worth it? Is that really worth it? Is that really worth it? Can you get a revelation of Jesus Christ that is so real that your offense doesn't mean anything to you anymore? That the bitterness you've clung to doesn't mean anything anymore. That God, by the power of His Holy Spirit, wants to uproot that bitterness in your heart and replace it with a peace that passes understanding. See, those things can't be taught. They can't be preached. They can't be given to you in ten easy steps. Those are things that only come by the supernatural power of God. And you know what the truth is? The truth is the church in America is afraid of the supernatural power of God. We are. I'm telling you what, it's Sunday morning on Mother's Day. Preachers all over this land are scared to death to let God have His way. And Lord forbid that we would do it on Mother's Day because we have visitors here. And what might they think if you don't give them the carnation or the Mother's Day message that we promised them? After all, it was in, on our website and we advertised it. Oh, so what we're saying is our agendas are more important than God's agendas. Let's, I'm just being real honest with you guys. I'm just being honest with you. Because you know what? The reality is, here's the truth in America today. Good preaching, good teaching, slick churches ain't got the job done. It had And I'm not pointing a finger at any person. But I'm going to tell you what. God told me this a long time ago. When I got offended at him... God just said, you ever heard the old saying? God said to me, he said, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. Oh, well, okay, God. Maybe you're not lukewarm. Maybe you're not offended. Maybe you're not bitter. Maybe you're not. If the shoe fits, you better, you better figure out why it does. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. Where, where is the broken heart of God revealed through his body in the earth? Where are the men and the women? Where are the children of God weeping for the children of the lost? Where are they? Think God doesn't care? Are we so consumed with ourselves? 
trying to get something for ourselves. Well, you know, Pastor, I need to come to church. I've had people tell me this. You know, I need to come to church and I need to get pumped up because I, I need that fuel to make it through the week. Okay, let's stop and examine that. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. What about God? What about God? Maybe it's not about you making it through the week. Maybe God doesn't want you to make it through the week. Have you ever, have you ever thought about that? While I'm being honest, let me just be brutally honest. You know, I ask myself these questions sometimes. These are things that, you know, preachers, it's politically incorrect for preachers to say these things from the pulpit, but I really don't care this morning. I might care tomorrow morning, I don't know. <laughs> I might even care today after I eat lunch, I don't know, but right now I really don't care. Do you, you know, what if God doesn't want you to make it through the week? Have you ever wondered about that? Maybe God wants you to come to the end of yourself. Maybe he wants that car, that train you're driving to wreck. Because, because where you think you're going and where he knows you're going are two different things. And maybe the only thing that's really going to save you, that's really going to bring to you what you really need and what he really desires for you, maybe that is to let that car or that train wreck somewhere in the middle of the week. Maybe the worst thing we can do for the church, for the people of God, is to keep giving them the fuel to keep going in their own power. Because God never meant for us to go in our own power. And I'm going to tell you what, the church has become really good at giving people motivation to keep going. To succeed. To be the best I can be. That all sounds really good. But I'll just borrow a phrase from the Apostle Paul. It's a big pile of dung. That's what it is. It's a big pile of poo. Do you know when the scripture was written, Paul didn't use the correct term there? I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty in your face. We don't like that. We don't like a God who's in our face. We really want a God who will just put his blessing. We just want God to put his blessing on us so we can keep living our life, doing our thing. Because the reality is we think we know best. And here's the proof. I hope it's not true. But some of you may never come back to this church because this is so offensive to you. Because you're going to make a judgment that God wouldn't say this and God wouldn't do that. And that's your right. And that's your prerogative. But here's the thing. If you are a person who really, really wants God. I'm not talking games. See, unfortunately, you've come to a place where God has dealt with with me and God told me a long time ago the games need to end playtime's over do you realize that what we're talking about is serious business it's life and death this isn't just about me making it through the week see we're just tools we're instruments in God's hand God wants to use you for his purpose not yours you don't 
You don't have a purpose apart from God. I hate to tell you that, but it's the truth. I don't care what the best-selling authors and the latest and the greatest preachers tell you. You have no purpose apart from God's purpose. And, and if you do have one for yourself, God doesn't care about it. Whew, that's really bad, isn't it? But it's the truth. God doesn't care about your purpose. But God cares about you discovering His purpose for you. He does care greatly about that. He does care about you wandering through life lost, misdirected, thinking that you're on the right track. But in reality, you're just out there living in your own strength, trying to get motivation day after day, week after week to keep going, keep running this race. And God says, you know what? I love you enough. And I'm going to tell you this is going to happen with some of you guys. I'm telling you right now, God is saying to you, I love you enough to let it come to an end. And in the midst of that coming to an end, God says, you will think that I have forsaken you. You will think that I have turned my back on you. You will think that I don't love you. You will think that I am mad at you, that I'm judging you, that I'm condemning you. But God says, I want you to know I'm not. I'm letting you come to the end of yourself so that you will finally look to me and turn to me and allow me to have my way, my will, my plan, my purpose in your life. Because your life doesn't really belong to you. It's not your life. He said, it's my life. Do you realize this church, the life we live, we don't live out of ourselves. This is the miracle of the new birth. This is the miracle of the gospel. It's not me and Jesus. Do you realize that? It's not me and Jesus. Me is gone. Me was crucified. Jesus said, you, I don't see me. Speaking of me. Jesus said, Jeff, you, I don't see. Jeff, you, I don't know. Jeff, you were crucified. Jeff, you've been brought into life. In me, Jeff, it's not you who lives any longer. Don't you know that? Don't you remember that? That's why I put it in my word. Jeff, you've been crucified. Jeff, it's I who live in you now. Jeff, it's I, God, the God of creation who works in you, who wills in you to do according to my good pleasure, not your good pleasure. Jeff, you don't have a purpose anymore. It was crucified with my son. It was buried. It's dead. It's gone. That was the deception. You have my purpose now, God says. And God says to you, you have my purpose now. You have his purpose. Happy Mother's Day. Will you let him? Will you allow him? to have his way in you will you now here's the next question this is the question in your mind right now okay pastor Jeff I hear you but what now? okay so now what do I do tell me what I should do next why are you asking me I don't have an answer for you. I'm, I'm not the director of your life. Jesus is. The 
first thing you should do is cease and desist from everything and hear from God. Hear from God. So how do I hear from God? Listen. I don't, I don't hear him, though. Keep listening. Well, I tried that. Keep listening. Yeah, but keep listening. Are you asking? Well, I asked, but he didn't answer. Keep asking. I did, but keep asking. Well, I've been looking, but I haven't found anything. Keep looking. But I'm tired. It doesn't matter. Keep looking. I've knocked so long my knuckles are bloody. Keep knocking. Why would God do that? I don't know. I don't have that answer. Keep knocking. Why won't God answer? Don't have that answer for you. Keep asking. Why hasn't God allowed me to find what I'm... I don't know. I don't have that answer for you. Just keep seeking. Because here's the promise Jesus gave. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Even to the prophet Jeremiah, he said, Seek after me. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. See, the problem is, if truth be told, in our seeking, yeah, we want to, we want to find him. We want an answer, but we want that along with all of this that I'm unwilling to lay down. And every one of us, if you're really a seeker of God, you will come to a place in your life and God will say, that's it, that's enough. Now it's time. That thing that you've become so attached to, God says, lay it down. Oh, surely God wouldn't ask me to lay that down. God says, lay it down. But, but God, and you start looking in your Bible and finding all the reasons why God wouldn't have you to lay that down. And you watch all the TV preachers and read all the books that justify why you don't have to lay that down. But the whole time you're trying to find your justification for not laying that thing down, you know what God's doing? God is just very patiently standing there. And he says, when you're ready to lay that down, I will give you what you need next. But that's not fair, God. Who, who, where does fairness come in? It's where the prophet said, how can the clay ask the potter? How can the pot ask the potter? Why, why, why is it this way? Mm -mm. You have ears to hear and you have eyes to see if you will seek after him. God is not a respecter of persons. Because God's intent is not to condemn you. It's not to judge you. God does not want to punish you. God wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to bring to your life a peace that passes understanding. He wants you to have a joy that is full and that will remain throughout all eternity. He wants to give you a life that is more abundant than you could ever imagine. The problem is we've been deceived into thinking that we can have that and our own thing. 
we can't. Because anything that's a, anything that is ours, anything that is not of God, it detracts, it takes away from that peace, from that joy, from that life. Because it's not life. It's not joy. It's not peace. It's from the old order. It's, it's from death. And God wants to take you out of death and bring you into life. God wants to put his very heart inside of you so that your heart begins to break for the lost, that your heart would begin to break for the brokenhearted. Instead of rejoicing in others' iniquity, their iniquity begins to break our heart. Instead of saying, well, they got what they deserved, what they got begins to break our heart because none of us, none of us in Christ will get what we really deserved. Do you realize that? God has not given up on you. God will never give up on you. He loves you too much. The question is, have you given up on God? Or have you deceived yourself into thinking that you have what you're looking for and it's all good? I don't know. I don't know where you're at, but God does. you guys to just play a song real softly sing, play and I want to invite anyone, now I'm going to say this you know there's nothing magical about walking to an altar and you should never come to an altar because the preacher or somebody makes you feel it's what you're supposed to do but here's the thing God can touch you right where you are but sometimes Sometimes, especially when it's fear or it's pride that's keeping me from taking the step that God wants me to take. See, the only way you're going to break through that is to just break through it. Because with God, it's always going to come down to a step of faith. It will, you can't do anything in God apart from faith. If you're waiting for God to appear to you in person and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, it ain't going to happen. Because even when he did with his apostles, they handled him, the resurrected body, and the scripture says the whole time they handled him, they still didn't believe. Faith is not about seeing. It's not about touching. Faith is about trusting. And there are some of you here right now, you need to come down here. 
And you need to let God speak to you. You need to let God do a work in you. You just need to take a step of faith and acknowledge, God, I've heard you. God, it was not an accident that I walked into this building today. For just five minutes, the last, the last five minutes of this service, I want to pray. I want to pray specifically for all the women here. I want to speak a blessing over you women. But right now, for just a few minutes, for about the next seven or eight minutes here, by that clock up there, if you're here, and not Pastor Jeff, but the Spirit of God is compelling you, I want you to lay down your fear, lay down your pride. I want you just to come up here. Not to me, not to this worship team, but just as an act of faith to come to the Lord. And I want you just to come. If you're ready to say, God, I'm ready to lay it all down. I'm ready, God, to lay it down. I want you to come. I want you to come. 